Oh, any questions tonight before we begin? Any questions? Yeah, don't don't say anything about anything. I, yeah, just please. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. They're they've had a real, quite frankly, they have a real checkered existence. Uh, Mike Beckel is the pastor of it. Met with him, solid guy. But they had the Kansas City Prophets. They had uh, John Wimber come through. Not that anything was bad in that regard, but there was just whenever whenever you are pressing into the Lord for prayer and you're waiting for the gifts of the Spirit. Every wacko on the planet shows up. It's like a Star Trek convention. I'm, I'm dead serious. And, and for, for, for Mike Beckel to, to navigate through those waters for 30 years, and he's a humble man. He's not a man that's flashy, has nothing of value. He took us to, brec- or took us to lunch after, uh, after the service to the steak sizzling. This place hadn't been washed in 30 years. It was awful. And he loved it. It's great. Look at it. It's all you can eat. It's not good, but there's lots of it. You know, it's just, but this is who he is. And we, we, we watched it. And yet, though it's had its struggles, it's been consistent over the years of the same message. And I listened to his messages. His theology solid. His teachings were solid. I even walked in with Ryan's and I said, look, 80% is going to be dead on. 20% you're going to have to put on some boots. But I'm not going to let anything happen. I'm here to doctrinally make sure that everything's solid. I got to tell you, I sat through it. None of it threw me off. I was blessed by it all. So I, I won't go into detail on it. I'll just leave it at that. Any other questions? Okay. Psalm 63. Now, let me tell you. Oh, let's do the background on it. Let me pray first. Lord, we ask your blessing on the study of your word. And God, I, I ask that you would encourage folks tonight. This is such a precious psalm for anyone going through a difficult time. Such a precious psalm for anyone going through a difficult time. It's a precious psalm for anyone who struggles with, with having a devotion or a quiet time with you, God. Lord, would you refresh them tonight? Would this be the night, Lord, where you would bless them and bring them into a sweet fellowship with you? And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 63 has a special place in my heart for two reasons, and, and I was reintroduced to it this week. Uh, I, I've told you a story a thousand times. Um, when I was going through that, that issue with the, the girl I was engaged to, and uh, she ended up being pregnant with somebody else's child, and it was just all weird. But in the midst of that, I, I wasn't cracking my Bible. I wasn't spending time in the presence of the Lord. I was so depressed. I was so depressed. I knew the Word. And, and here I was, a young guy. I'd had a fervency for the Lord, and, and my heart was cold. And I was in a dry and weary land where there wasn't any water. And, and um, I didn't know how to get out of that place. And it was Psalm 63. I just committed it to memory. And I began to meditate on Psalm 63. And it became a blueprint for my life. It became a blueprint for my life. It was one of those things that I revisit quite often that just refreshes my soul. And the beauty of it is it's a psalm that was written by David. And if you notice the title of it, just look in your Bible. The title of it says, Join the Fellowship of God. But it says, A Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Now, he had, he'd been in the wilderness a number of times, even as a young guy when he fled from Saul. You remember that? 
The, the temple hadn't been built yet, though, because Saul, if, if Saul was king, there wasn't a temple, and it says in the sanctuary, so the sanctuary was in existence. So we know that this psalm wasn't written when David was young. As a matter of fact, if you notice in the, in the writing of it, uh, in the last verse, verse 11 says, but the king shall rejoice in God. We know that David was a king. We know that he speaks of a sanctuary. We know that, that, that David, um, David was being pursued and chased. So this occurred, this psalm was written on the run. It's a psalm of a fugitive, a man on the run. He's probably running and writing it at the same time. He's elderly actually going, you're going to write this thing. And, then, and, then. and it's a psalm that was written when Absalom, and we've covered this before, when Absalom rebelled and took over his father's kingdom. And then remember we covered this, Ahithophel sided with Absalom, remember that? And all of his best friends, and life was imploding, and David lost everything in a moment. Now it's one thing to be able to write, Oh God, you are my God, early will I seek you. When there's money in the bank, and the kids are all home safe, and in their beds, and the bills are paid, and you're saying, Oh God, you are my God, earnestly will I seek you. But let's lose your house. Let's take your job. Let's split your family and have your best friend betray you. And then let's take all your wives and have your son rape your wives on the roof of the palace in the presence of all of Israel. Let's humiliate everything about your family and now sing this. How do you do that? How do you do that? Now I would say to you tonight, everybody's going to have an issue or a struggle some point in their life. How do you worship the Lord? How do you fellowship with God in the midst of all that? What occurred for me at IHOP, and this is interesting, I remember, um, well, I won't go into that, but what, what blessed me was that the hunger and the thirst for the Lord returned. It was waning. Has anyone ever opened up their Bible and done their daily devotion, and you're just going through the motion of the devotion? Anyone? All right. Dry? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Yeah? Awful. How about, how about opening up your Bible and doing that for a year and wondering why you're doing it? Anybody? That's me. Even to be the pastor of the church and come up with a sermon on a Sunday. And you wake up and you do your devotion and you're just going through the motion. There's no devotion. And some of you maybe can't relate to that. That's all right. God's word doesn't return void. I'm still prepared on a Sunday to give a message. He still uses it. People's lives are touched. But in my own personal walk with God... Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. Here's what happens when you're going through the motion instead of a devotion. You're not hearing the Word. Something's not clicking. Something's not saturating. It's like, a, it's like trying to water hard clay. It just rolls off. Anybody? Okay, good. Bless you. I was feeling all alone there for a minute. Don't worry, you're not. All right. And so in Psalm 63... 
This is how David softens the clay and softens the soul of his heart. And he begins by saying, O God, you are my God. Now, first of all, the, the term, O God, it's this, it's this just cry for God. But then it's personalized. You are my God. God, you're my God. Now, here's, here's the thing. Nobody can give you a devotion for their God. You can only have a devotion for your God. And here's why your time in the presence of God, if it's similar to mine, and all I can tell you is by experience, here's why your time in the Word is not satisfying. Because you have another God. Oh God, you are my God. No, I can't wait to finish this devotion so I can get back to my God. I want to check out the news. I want to play the video game. I want to read the book I'm reading. I want to do whatever it is other than this. I'm going through the motion of a supposed devotion. This is good. I'm going to do it all night. <laughs> you can't say, oh God, you are my God, unless he is. And, and this is the passion of David's heart. You are my God. Now, his life is a living hell. Everything is awful. And, and this idea of worship, worship, it's a word that means in its, in its originality, worth-ship. Ascribing value or worth to something. What you give your time, your treasures, and your talents doing is what you worship. If you're, I can tell you right now, if you're having a problem worshiping the Lord, let's do this. Take out your checkbook. Take out your day planner or your iPhone. Okay? Talents, treasures, and time. Let's, let's see where you spend all of the gifts God's given you as far as your ability. Maybe you're a good speaker. Maybe you're a good organizer. And let's take that and see where the lion's share of that goes. Let's see where the lion's share of that goes. And by observing that, you can see who or what your God is. And the scripture says you become like that which you worship. If your heart is cold right now, you're worshiping something that's not alive. If your heart is greedy, you're worshiping something other than the Lord. If you're bitter, whatever it is, examine your life to see if you're in the faith. Look at what you're spending your time, your treasures, and your talents on. That's what you're worshiping. And so to be able to say, oh God, you are my God, there can't be another God besides him. He's a jealous God. He won't share it with anyone or anything else. That's why the Lord's Prayer begins, Our Father who art in heaven, what's next? Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. That comes from the Ten Commandments. Do not take the, Lord, the name of the Lord your God in vain. Right? Hallowed be thy name. Jesus teaches him in prayer the same as the Ten Commandments. This is, this is who he is. And this is what you ascribe to him. Worth, value, time, treasures, talents. And if it isn't, you're, you're going through the motions and there's no devotion. You are, it's a gimmick. And church to you is something other than what it should be. I'm, I'm just being plain and honest because I've been going through it for a year. Not every day. But that, that dryness. And here's what the Lord put on my heart. And it's been so much fun. I said, Lord, 
If you'll wake me at 5.30 with a hunger and a thirst for you, I will give you the morning and anything else you want. I don't even need an alarm clock. It doesn't matter what time I go to bed. I'm up. And I'm like, Lord, you rock. You go in, you open it, and, and, and it's precious time before the Lord. If you don't know how to do a devotion, I can show you some stuff after the service. Early will I seek you. Why early? Some people go, I do my devotions at night. Well, good for you. But I've got to tell you that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And if you're not spending time with him in the morning, how do you know where you're going? Steps of righteous man are ordered by the Lord, and I have no idea what we're doing today. I'm just flying by the Spirit, because that's how I do it. I'm just that's... His word is a lamp unto your feet, yes? And a light unto your path. So you spend time in the morning. Early will I seek you. And then this is the beauty of it. There's not a greater need in the human body than thirst. It even overrides hunger. It even overrides hunger. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and weary, in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So he's, he, this, this idea of thirst equated with, with a desire for the Lord. There, if, if anyone's ever been thirsty, you get it. If anyone's ever been thirsty, you get it. I, I shared the story about the USS Indianapolis sinking and a guy named McCoy, who was actually a lieutenant in the Marine Corps uh, when they delivered the atom bomb to Tinian. And the ship was sunk, last ship to be sunk uh, by, a Jap- by a Japanese. And it was a submariner, his first sinking, brought that thing down. 900 men entered the water, 300 came out. Most of them died of thirst or shark attack. And nobody knew where they were. And it was the greatest travesty in, in U.S. naval history. It's the first time in the history of the United States that a ship was sunk by, a ja- by an enemy combatant and the captain was court-martialed. Never! In the history of the United States Navy, has that ever been the case? Why? Because they wanted to protect the higher-ups. Because when the ship sank, for three days, nobody knew where they were. And they had done everything they could to tell them where they were, but nobody, and they even gave distress signals, they just let them die out there. And this guy McCoy, when he was reciting it, uh, and, and, and how they endured and survived in that time, he said the thirst was so awful that even the author who was writing the book um, said that... that that, that McCoy was never more than arm's length away from an ice cold glass of water. He'd been doing that for over 40 years, just keeping that at arm's length. The thirst was so heavy. So this is that picture. Uh, and by the way, one other thing. The flesh lusts for the spirit, and the spirit lusts for the flesh. The flesh always struggles, but when David is saying, even my flesh longs for you, God. It's everything's come into alignment that I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. Let me just say this to you. If you're struggling with that, would you say, God, would you restore my heart, would you restore my soul and give me a fresh perspective of you, like King Uzziah, that I would see you high and lifted up, and that I would be drawn to you. Would you restore my soul and give me a desire for you? He'll do that. Ask him for that. Verse 2, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. And this is one of the reasons why we know this was written when David was a king, because he speaks of the sanctuary and wasn't built when Saul was there. And I want to see your power and your glory. A lot of people come to church because they want something from the church. I, we got this flyer of a women's ministry thing, and it was all about, it was just, it was, it was ethnocentric. It was, it was man-centered. And this is who you can be, and this is what you can happen, and this will empower you, and you're going to be, and it's all about you. I love it. I can't wait to go. Church has nothing to do with you. Get that out of your thick skull. It has nothing to do with you or me. It has everything to do with the Lord. You come to church to seek Him and to worship Him. 
not to have your felt needs met. That's not bad to have a church that you enjoy. But you don't shop a church. You come to church, and the Bible says you want to be great in God's kingdom, be a servant of all. So you walk into the church, and you say, I'm here to serve. I've been called to be here. I remember one time, and I was a young minister. I wasn't very good at it, but still not. But somebody came to the church, and they said, we're here. We're just kind of checking out churches. We're, we're here to see kind of what your church has to offer. And I looked at them, and I go, what do you have to offer? It's great marketing, this ability. I'm serious. What, really? I'm What? It's like daycare? What, what, are you, what, are you, what is this? What are you talking about? Siri, what do you have to offer? Did God call you here? Do you have a, do you have a vibrant youth ministry? You want to start one? No? Okay. So. so I've looked for you, God. I've looked for you in the sanctuary. Why do you come to church? Good. Some people like business contacts or trying to find a husband or a wife. <laughs> you got a good singles group here? It wasn't until you arrived. <laughs> I'm just saying, just saying. To see your power and your glory. God, I want to see you and your power and your glory, and I want to ascribe to you worship, worthy, ascribe to you worth. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. I'm here to praise you and worship you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Stop for a minute. He's lost everything. And he's worshiping. We can't even come to church and sit in the, I would say pews, but they're comfortable chairs. And and you critique everything about the music. Dane's voice is cracking. I think he's sick. It's affecting my ability to enter in. I say we get somebody up here with a nose harp. And you Spoons. Washboard. It doesn't matter. The Syrophoenician woman with a demon-possessed daughter worshipped the Lord without music. And she used three words. Lord, help me. It was worship. Ascribing to God value. Lord, you're in charge. You do whatever you need to do. But you come in here, I come in here, and we sit down, and we critique everything. Just scanning the room, sizing ourselves up, making it all about us. Looking at what people are wearing. Oh, lifting their hands. Well, I don't believe that matches their heart. Okay. What David is saying is, it's not about you. I've lost everything. My son's against me. Uh, my wives have been violated. On the, uh, I, I've lost the palace. I lost, I've lost everything. I, but I, that's okay because I have everything I need. I have you, God. And I'm here to worship you. And I will bless you while I live, and I will lift up my hands in your name. You're the one who gives me the strength to do this, and I, I come to be with you and only you. And then he says in verse 5, My soul, when I do this, God, when I do this, my soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Marrow and fatness. Osobuco. Yeah, you get that 
lamb shank in there and you just suck out the marrow. It's kind of gelatinous, right? Filled with, okay, anyway. It's like, a, it's like blood pudding. But that's marrow. I'm just telling you what marrow is. It's good if you had blood loss and you need to build up the iron. Marrow. Help. But my soul shall be satisfied, meaning, meaning this, you, the, only kings eat this. Only kings eat this. And this is the best part, and we're saving it for you. I remember my parents would do that. Oh, look, there's marrow in the T-bone, and we're going to give it to you because you're the special kid. You're like, oh, why did you give that to me? It's, <laughs> I thought you loved me. <laughs> Stop. Okay, here's a question for you. My soul shall be satisfied. Stop for a minute. I've had neat conversations with members of my family. We're going to be candid here. Everybody has a sin that easily besets them. Some have more than one. Question for you. When you abandon the Lord and you take matters into your own hands and you go to that area or that place in life that you know He doesn't want you to be and you know you're not supposed to be there, but you go there anyways. And you do what you're not supposed to do. Can I ask you a question? Are you satisfied? No. <laughs> no. No, it, it, it makes... How, how many people hear Satan's voice immediately after you engage in whatever it is you do? Okay, God bless you. Amen. And what does he tell you? Oh, you're so wonderful. No, he goes, you pathetic loser. And then the, the, then the guilt. How about anybody? Guilt? Isn't that wonderful? Doesn't that just make you feel so good? Doesn't it? Does I oh makes my day. But you know what? The Lord satisfies. You never regret special time you spent with Him. You never have a headache when you've been worshiping Him at night. You're you're never tired in a day that you've spent started with with Him. I'll tell you when you get depressed. I'll tell you when you're miserable is when you're worshiping something other than God and you can't say, oh God, you are, well, you were, you're kind of my, (laughs) where's the medicine? Okay. And David doesn't need anti-anxiety medications. I'm not saying if any of you are taking them. I'm just saying he didn't have them. Well, he drank wine and was self-medicating. Okay. This is a secret to sound mental health. Get off the throne of your life and start spending your time, your talents, and your treasures with God. Ascribe to Him the value that's worthy. You were created, you and I were created to worship. If you're not worshiping God, you're empty and you're not satisfied. And it doesn't matter how many drugs you have or what you're taking, it's not working. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word. Get out of the motion and get into the devotion. I only do that five more times tonight. All right, verse six. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. You know what's interesting about this? The day is started with the Lord in the midst of misery and heartache, sustained him. He lays down, and this is when, how many people get this? 
all the bills are due, everything's overwhelming, and when you lay down on your bed, sleep doesn't come because you're laying and you're looking at your portfolio on the ceiling or the lack thereof, and you're moving this and trying to figure out how I'm going to pay, and I got to do the, 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 and I got an appointment tomorrow, and I got to, and I got to fly, and the kids need, and I don't have, and then, and you're just tossing and turning and fighting your pillow all night. And he meditates. And what does he do? He remembers the Lord on his bed. You know, God, the day started and I was crossing the Brook Kidron and I was running for my life. And then so-and-so met me and they brought supplies for all of our people. And I've heard that, that you've sent another counselor to thwart the counsel of Ahithophel. And all this, Lord, while I'm in my 80s, or excuse me, I'm in my 70s, David saying, and I can't do any of this and you're working it out. I don't know how you do it, God, but I... I just marvel at your faithfulness. And you know, Lord, there's a lot of things, uh, loose ends that, that I, I'm carrying. And you said to cast our cares on you for you care for us and to be anxious in nothing. And there's a few things. Could I just spend some time right now giving these to you? And I want to just get those off the table. And I just want to focus on you. I, want to, I just want to remember your faithfulness. And I remember you on my bed. And Lord, I'm meditating. Meditating is this idea of, of, of what a cow does with his cud. Multiple stomachs, right? The cow takes the grass from the ground, chews it, swallows it, brings it back up, chews it some more, swallows it. And it just seems like the cow's eating the same thing over and over again. What he's doing is it goes into one stomach, comes up, chews it, brings it down to the other stomach, brings it up. By the time it gets through all the stomachs, there isn't anything left in it. It's just, it's dust. That's it. Just, that's nothing left. It sucked all the nutrients out. That's what, that's what he's saying. I meditate on you. I think of everything I can think of and take out every aspect of your beauty and your glory, and I just, I savor it. And I meditate on you on the, in the night watches. You know, what, you know what we do instead of that? Which is, I don't know why. We lay in bed and we worry. It's so productive, isn't it? Anybody? Just, it just brings you so much joy, doesn't it? And you wake up so rested. And oh, and the way that you're irritated with everyone around you and you snap at them just because you've just been, they're all responsible for your problems, right? Everybody, now, now well, let's, just, let's just project this on everyone. Everyone's going to be involved in this with me because I'm not going to go through this alone. <laughs> Dang it, yeah. Are you living with my spouse? It's that idea, just in, it's insane. But listen, if you just cast your cares on the Lord and, and meditate on Him, and one after another just give it to Him, fall asleep. Amen. Give Him the problems, you get the rest. And the night watches. You know what's beautiful about night watches? What's so stunning about the night? This is one of the... I, I, for years, I trained. I'd have to get up every morning at 4.30 in the morning, get on my bicycle, ride down to the swimming pool, be in the water by 5.05, swim for two hours, get to morning class, finish class, go home, get something to eat or whatever it is, do a little bit of homework, get back in the pool from 4 to 6, after we did weights for an hour in the afternoon, come back, go to bed by 9, get up and do it all over again. And after a while, in 365 days, I never missed a practice, even when the pool was, oh, it was awful. I hated it. But the thing I love the most in Coronado, California, in December, the heater was broken. The pool, I know, was going to be in the 60s. It was going to be ice cold. 
Coach Troy didn't cancel the, the practice. There, there were three people there, the people that didn't want to lose their perfect attendance. Me, Domino, Specca, and uh, Mendez. I forget her first name. And it was awful. And you knew what was coming. He was a Navy SEAL. He was brutal. He was brutal with his swimmers. I knew it was coming. I'm riding my bike. I'm already cold riding my bike. But here's what brought me the greatest joy. I wasn't even a Christian then. The stars. The early morning planets as they're rising on the horizon. Bright as can be. Stars filling the night sky on those crisp December mornings in San Diego. Pedaling your bike and just marveling it. And everything's quiet. And I don't care if you are an atheist, that is a moment. You know you're not alone. And there's just something, it's like a sanctuary, it's like a cathedral, it's like holes on the floor of heaven and the light shining through, and you're like, wow. And that's a night watch. My dad used to say that when he was in the Navy in the North Atlantic or when he would be in in Vietnam, and you'd have the night watch and they'd come in and he just said the morning watches were always the best. There was just something special about that because for him, it, it was spiritual. So he says, I meditate on you in the night watches. Last thing on that. I've said this before. We talk about a good day of visibility. You know, oh, you can see 100 miles today. You can see all the way out to the Channel Islands. The visibility is unbelievable. Isn't it? Just awesome. Visibility at night Billions of miles. You can really see, and the Bible says that all creation speaks of the glory of God. You can see that. You think, even if I traveled at the speed of light, I couldn't get to that star in 10 lifetimes. And God holds that in the span of his hand. That's a big God. That's a really big God. I worship you. And then when you see how big he is, then you realize, verse 7, because you've been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I'll rejoice. You've been my help. You are a big God, but you are my God. And you've been my help. You've attended to my little needs. And the picture that he gives is this idea that in the shadow of your wings I'll rejoice. You've heard the story. The farmer goes through the burned out barn. The barn caught fire. He's assessing the damages. He's just so depressed as he's walking through, seeing everything dead. He sees his prize hen. This hen produced more chicks, and, and his prize hen, the carcass is just fried. And in frustration, he kicks the carcass of the burned hen, and out from underneath the wings of this burned hen, the little chicks go running. And the mother just protected him while she burned. And that's what the Lord does. He covers you in the shadow of his wing. He's got you covered. He's got you covered. I remember um, being at the Washington Monument, uh, 1969, 1970, uh, the war riots, the Vietnam War riots, and uh, protests actually, not riots, but protests. And it was an all-American day at the Washington Monument, and a vivid memory of being with my father, military uniform, and we were all standing, and that day not many people showed up for the all-American celebration but we were absolutely surrounded by protesters, and my father's in a military uniform. And I remember one time watching in Lindbergh Field as he was coming back from Vietnam, somebody spit on him. 
And, and I remember there we were, and people were throwing stuff at us. And I remember my being nervous, and, and my mom, kind of her shrill voice when she's anxious, and, and I knew something was wrong. I think I was seven, six or seven years of age. And, um, and, and I'll never forget just seeing this intensity and sensing danger, and my dad just taking me and putting me behind him. And at that moment, it didn't matter. I knew I was going to be okay. I was going to be okay. Anybody hear about the robbery that was on Mesa and then they caught the two guys over off of LaGrange? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Michelle and I were at the house and uh, she's doing home studies with Mike and I'm finishing up a message and returning some emails. And Michelle comes in and goes, Rob, uh, something, something's going on. We got to lock the doors. I'm okay. So we're locking the doors. And then you hear the helicopter really flying low and you hear sirens. I go in, open up the safe, grab the nine millimeter, and I, and and yeah, amen, and 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 I look over, and it's Lagrange, one street over, and I can see through the neighbor's house, police cars everywhere, police cars everywhere, and my son Michael's there, he's with us, and I'm calm about it, and I've got a, what, but he goes in and gets his knife, you know, here, mom, here's one for you, he's passing them out. But the idea is, how do you respond to danger? And, and Michael's first concern is, I'm going to protect mom. And I like that. And here, mom, take that. And, and it's this protection factor. They caught these two guys. At first, the lady walked into her house, saw these guys robbing her house. They ran, got in the car. She got the make model of the car, flagged down the police, called 911. The helicopters came down, found them parked on LaGrange, hiding in somebody's house, arrested them both. Yes. Well done, officers. But this idea of, of being protected in the shadow of a wing, and then in the shadow of your wings, what do we do? We rejoice. You don't have to lay in the shadow of his wing going, it's just so awful, and I just don't think I can keep going like this, God. It's just so terrible. And, and, and I know that the God who holds the heavens is the of his hand is covering me with the shadow of his wing, and that everything's fine, and he's provided for all my needs, but it's just so awful. Shut up. <laughs> Count it all joy. Get off of your pity pot. You're under the arm of God. Hello? Okay. I will rejoice. Everybody say it together. I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Stick to him. Stick to him. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. And then he says, but those who seek my life to destroy it, they shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. Okay. <laughs> I love my boy, but he's done. And Ahithophel's my friend, but he's done too. And everybody's excited with this, and they've, they're going down. They've opened up a can of Jesus, and they're not going to be able to get the lid on it. They're going to fall by the sword. You don't do that to my wives. <laughs> They're going to be eaten by wild animals because they're acting like them. And then he concludes in verse 11. But the king shall rejoice in God and everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. I close with this last thought. When you worship God like David does in the midst of your trials, when you worship God in the midst of your trials like David did, it produces two things. 
When you worship the Lord like this, it produces two things. One, it produces a confidence in God and a confidence regarding your future. You settle in that. You regain perspective. You regain perspective and you regain hope. Now, your options are just keep whining. And nobody's going to want to be around you anymore. And we're all going to get sick of it. And the doctor's even going to want you out of his office. Just tell me what you want. I'll, I'll prescribe it. Just tell me. Just go away. Here. Just go. You want more of those? Fine. Take that too. Just please. You're irritating. Come on, folks. We were created to worship. Oh, God, you are my God. That one sentence right there. Who is your God and who do you worship? Oh God, you are my God. And what, is that, what does that create in you? It creates in you a desire to seek him early, for your soul to thirst after him, that you want to see him in the sanctuary. You come to church to see God and to be with God and to be with God's people and to see the Lord in each life and just to hug on people. You come to give. You come to lay your life out as a sacrifice. You come to serve. It's not a drudge. It's not an irritation. It is... If you're going through the motion. Right? Any questions tonight? Because that's Psalm 63. Nothing? Additions? Thoughts? Disagreements? Funny stories? Jokes? (laughs) Some gossip on anybody? (laughs) Susan, please. Is it about Kevin? Please. We're interested. (laughs) All right. Let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you for your great blessing and this joy of worshiping you. And Lord, I can just testify before my brothers and sisters that you are faithful to simply ask of you, God, if you'll wake me up and put in my heart a desire, Lord, I, I, I will be faithful. And God, you did that. And I so enjoy being with you in the mornings. And, and the evenings close in such a precious way. And the worry and the fear and the depression and the struggles, they lift because I meditate on you in the night watches. And the soul, my soul is satisfied as you, you, you give sleep to those you love and rest, even in the midst of the worst trials. God, you're amazing. Lord, right now, as everybody's heads bowed and their eyes are closed, Lord, right now, Holy Spirit, all things are laid bare before your eyes. You know what folks are dealing with in regards to what they're worshiping, what they're spending their time, their treasures, and their talents on. They can testify tonight in, in this sanctuary that, that they struggle. They're dry. They're parched. They, they, can't, they, they can't declare that that first verse in Psalm 63 is their heart. God, you are not their God. They have another God they're worshiping. But Lord, tonight they're tired and they're not satisfied and they want to be refreshed. So Lord, would you speak to them and give them the desires to early seek you and to worship you, spend time in your presence? When you give them a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, would you restore their soul? Would you refresh and bless them? 
And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, that's it. If you have a, oh, if you want to know how I do a devotion or anything like that, you can come see me afterwards. But other than that, God bless you guys. Have a wonderful evening. And if you are hungry, we have chicken and rice at the house tonight. You're all welcome to come. I'm not joking.